buried inconspicuously in this week's parasha, is a short sentence with explosive potential, causing us to think again about the nature of Jewish history and the Jewish task in the present. Moses had been reminding the new generation, children of those who left Egypt, of the extraordinary story of which they were going to be the heirs. Ask now, he says, about the former days, long before your time, from the day God created human beings on earth. Ask from one end of the heavens to the other, has anything so great as this ever happened, or has anything like it ever been heard of? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of fire as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to take for himself one nation out of another nation by testing signs, wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds like all the things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes? The Israelites, don't forget, had not yet crossed the Jordan. They had not yet begun their life as a sovereign nation in their own land. Yet Moses was sure with the certainty that it could only be prophetic, that they were a people like no other. What had happened to them was unique. They were and are a nation summoned to greatness. Moses reminded them of the great revelation at Mount Sinai. He recalled the Ten Commandments. He delivered the most famous of all summaries of Jewish faith. Shema Israel, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He issued the most majestic of all commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. Twice he told the people to teach these things to their children. He gave it, gave them et- their eternal mission statement as a people. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Then, he says this, the Lord did not set affection on you or choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples for you, Kiatam Hama'at Mikolamim, because you are the fewest of all peoples. The fewest of all peoples? What happened to all the promises of Bereshit that Abraham's children would be numerous, uncountable, as many as the stars of the sky, the dust of the earth, the grains of sand on the seashore? What of Moses' own statement at the beginning of Devarim, that the Lord your God has increased your numbers so that today you are as numerous as the stars of the sky? The simple answer is this. The Israelites were indeed numerous compared to what they once were. Moses himself puts it this way in next week's parasha. Your ancestors who went down to Egypt were 70 in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. They were once just one family, Abraham, Sarah, and their descendants, and now they have become a nation of 12 tribes. But, and this is Moses' point here, Compared to other nations, they were still small. Listen to what he says. When your Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you. In other words, not only were the Israelites smaller than the great empires of the ancient world, they were smaller even than the other nations in the region. Compared to their origins, they had grown, but compared to their neighbors, they remained tiny. Moses then told them what this meant. You may say to yourselves, 
These nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But don't be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. Yes, Israel would be the smallest of the nations, but for a reason that goes to the very heart of its existence as a nation, they would show the world that a people doesn't have to be large in order to be great. It doesn't have to be numerous to defeat its enemies. Israel's unique history will show that in the words of the prophet Zechariah, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. In Israel... Israel would be, in its own history, witness to something greater than itself. This is how the former Marxist philosopher Nikolai Berdyaev put it. I remember how the materialist interpretation of history, when I attempted in my youth to verify it by applying it to the destinies of peoples, broke down in the case of the Jews, where destiny seemed absolutely inexplicable from the materialistic standpoint. It's a Survival is a mysterious and wonderful phenomenon, demonstrating that the life of this people is governed by a special predetermination, transcending the processes of adaptation expounded by the materialistic interpretation of history. The survival of the Jews, their resistance to destruction, their endurance under absolutely peculiar conditions, and the fateful role played by them in history All these point to the particular and mysterious foundations of their destiny. Moses' statement has immense implications for Jewish identity. The proposition implicit throughout this year's covenant and conversation is that Jews have had an influence out of all proportion to their numbers because we are all called on to be leaders, to take responsibility, to contribute, to make a difference to the lives of others, to bring the divine presence into the world. Precisely because we are small, we are each summoned to greatness. Shai Agnon, the great Hebrew writer, composed a prayer to accompany the mourner's Kaddish. He noted that the children of Israel have always been few in number compared to the other nations. And he then said that when a king rules over a large population, He doesn't notice when one dies, for there are others to take their place. But our king, the king of kings, the holy one, blessed be he, writes Agnon, chose us, and not because we are a large nation, for we are one of the smallest of nations. We are few, and owing to the love with which he loves us, each one of us is for him like an entire legion. He doesn't have many replacements for us. If one of us is missing heaven for fend, then the king's forces are diminished with the consequence that his kingdom is weakened, as it were. One of his legions is gone and his greatness is lessened. For this reason, it is our custom to recite the Kaddish when a Jew dies. Margaret Mead once said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, It's the only thing that ever has. Gandhi said, A small body of determined spirits fired by an unquenchable faith in their mission can alter the course of history. That must be our faith as Jews. We may be the fewest of all peoples, but when we heed God's call, we have the ability, 
proven many times in our past to mend and transform the world.